Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Other Five presents Across the River to Grandfather's House. Well, dishes are all done. Oh, that's splendid, Jonas. Yes. Lulu, that was a capital supper. Why, thank you very much indeed, Ezra. Yes. Well, it's nearly 8 o'clock. Shall we start the meeting? Oh, yes, indeed. And uh, I believe it's my turn to be chairman, isn't it? Uh, no, mine, I think, Cousin Jonas. No, no, I believe you were chairman last night, Ezra. He's <laughs> right, Cousin Ezra. I was chairman the night before. I remember that very well because that was when you made an unnecessarily long speech and I had to bring you yeah. to order. Well, now, Lulu, I don't think it was an unnecessarily long speech. Pretty I had long. a theory to expound and I needed to take time for it. Oh, dear cousin, that's true in a way, but it was not a new theory. You'll have to admit that. We had all heard it before. Well, I don't see how we're going to get new theories. It's been five years. That's 365 nights times five. I know, but if we'll just bend our minds to it, I'm sure we'll find some delightfully new way of looking at the whole thing. Now, the main point is I am this evening's chairman. Isn't that correct? Yes, that is correct. I was mistaken. Yes. Very well, then. Let's, let's take our seats. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, meeting will please come to order. Uh... What was that? Someone's at the door. No, it, it can't be. No, no one's supposed to come here till the grocery boy delivers next Wednesday. No one's ever supposed to come here at night. I'm afraid. So am I. It's been five years since anybody came here at night. You don't suppose it's the sheriff? But if we couldn't solve it in five well, years... I'm afraid how... we're going to have to open that door. Yes. Yes, we'll have to open the door. You got your key, Lulu? Yes. Have you got your key, Ezra? Yes. Have you got your key, Jonas? Yes. Now, this isn't a trick that one of you is playing. No, I swear it. I we're as frightened as you are, Jonas. All right. All right. Keys at the ready. No tricks now. No trying to escape. Lulu, unlock your lock first. Now you, Jonas. Your lock. All right, Ezra. Now you unlock your lock. I'm so scared. I think we all ought to stand back from the door. And then we'll be sure none of us is trying to escape. Good idea. Good idea. Come on now. On tiptoes. All right, now. One, two, three... 
Come, Come in. in. Oh. Well, Lulu. Why, why, it's Cousin Dan. And Jonas. And Ezra. I declare Cousin Dan. What in the world is going on here? Why, come in. Come in, Cousin. I, are you alone? Why, yes. Uh, we'd better close the door. Yeah. You lock your lock, Lulu. Now yours, Jonas. Yeah. What's all this rigmarole with locks? Now, your luck, Ezra. Have you all gone mad? Cousin Dan, it's so nice to see you after all these years. Why, that is so true. Such an unexpected pleasure. You ever make that trip up the Amazon? Yes, anthropology, wasn't it? Something quite scientific at any rate. Yes, yes, I made the trip. That's where I've been for five years. And it was archaeology, incidentally, not anthropology. Well, it is delightful to have you here. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, but... What I want to know is what's happening here. The taxi couldn't get into the drive. The weeds are over my head. And now I find you here with triple locks on the door. All of you seeming very strange. What's happened? Oh, we stopped taking care of the outside of the place the day after you left. But why? Say, wait a minute. Those windows are barred. Why? Oh, that's so that none of us can get out when the others aren't looking. Well, I should think that when anybody wanted to go out, he'd use the door. Uh, there are three locks on the door, and each of us has one key. You mean to say you're keeping each other prisoner here? Very keen of you, Dan. You hit the nail right on the head. I don't understand any of this, and I do want an explanation. Uh, but uh, please, because I love you, listen to one thing I have to say before you explain. Why, certainly, Dan. Whatever has happened here must have happened because we're an unstable family. That's true, you know. What I'm saying is that I'm afraid the Bartlett uh, eccentricity has touched all of you. Well, that's a theory we haven't thought of yet. It still wouldn't explain all the things that need explaining. Look, I didn't get back from the Amazon River until a couple of weeks ago, and then Mr. Harrison, my lawyer, told me that Grandfather had died. That's the only fact that's absolutely certain, that he did die. Well, anyway, Harrison told me that I'd inherited a fourth of Grandfather's wealth. And that is a lot of money. Yes, it certainly is. And he told me, too, that each of you had inherited a fourth. And that you'd all stayed here, living on in Grandfather's house. I didn't believe him. Well, he was right. Here we are. I found out that you did have a phone. I tried to call you long distance, but I never got an answer. So I decided to come on here. Oh, we never answer the phone. Oh, no, of course not. We've got a very complicated lock on it. Very oh. complicated. With three keys, I suppose. Yes, that's right. You see, Dan, we've agreed that no one of us should be able to communicate with the outside world unless the others have helped him unlock the phone and are standing right there to make sure he does nothing but order the groceries. Well, of course, that seems like the reasonable thing to do under the circumstances. Yes. Have you ever thought of calling in a psychiatrist? That's an interesting idea, Dan, but it wouldn't solve the problem. What problem? Why, the day I left, you, Lulu, were planning to get married. Ezra, you were just about to enter graduate school at Columbia to work towards your Ph.D. Mm -hmm. And, Jonas, you told me yourself that you couldn't stay here at Grandfather's more than a day or two longer. Because back in your hometown, the store needed you. And now, five years later, you're still all here. Now, Dan, why don't you sit down at the kitchen table? Yes, do that, Dan. We were about to sit down here anyway and go over the whole thing ourselves. Yes, we do that every night. Have you done it every night for five years? Of course. Poor Cousin Dan is disturbed about the way we're living. 
Dan, let us relieve your mind. Oh, we were a little unhappy about it at first ourselves, though, of course, we saw the necessity of it. But really, we like it now, don't we, Ezra? Don't we, Jonas? Oh, yes, indeed we do. Yes. We take great pleasure in each other's company. We've always liked each other, you know. Is that why you keep each other prisoner? That has nothing to do with it. It's necessary to keep each other prisoner, but we have an excellent life here. Now, for one thing, of course, we have grandfather's fortune, a quarter of it apiece. We have it in the local bank. And we bank by mail, of course. Yes, and we, we send orders for books and records and everything without ever leaving the house. We read, we listen to music, we have a fine life, really. So, Cousin Dan, why don't you just sit down here and help us grapple with our problem tonight? Uh, I, I'd like to, but... Well, the fact is, it's it's been just fine to see you all again, but I have to leave. Dan, I'm afraid we can't let you go. What do you mean? We haven't told you what the problem is. The problem? The problem we grapple with every night. It really does concern you, or ought to, if you have any family feeling. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure it's a very interesting problem, but you see, I have an appointment with a man. In the middle of the night? I think you'll find our problem fascinating. Well, I suppose I could stay a little longer. That's fine. Uh, but only a little longer, you understand. I'm so glad you're staying. Well, let's get on with it, shall we? I believe I'm the chairman this evening. Meeting will please come to order. Chairman, I have a suggestion as to procedure. You may state it. Since we have present with us at this meeting our cousin Dan, and since he does not know the background of our problem, I suggest that we go over it for him. If there is no objection, it is so ordered. The chair does think it would be advisable to acquaint our guest with the nature of the problem. Well, the problem is... You are out of order. Oh, I beg your pardon. Uh, uh, Mr. Chairman. The chair recognizes Ezra Bartlett. Uh, the problem is, who killed Grandfather? Thank you, Ezra. Now, Lulu, would you like to start filling in the background for Cousin Dan? Grandfather was murdered? You are out of order. Miss Lulu Bartlett has the floor. The case of Grandfather Bartlett is one of the strangest tales in the annals of crime, comparable only to the Borden case in Fall River, Massachusetts, and the Wallace case in Liverpool, England. Five years ago, Grandfather Bartlett called all his living relatives to this very house to interrogate them about their lives. Present then in the house, one week before the fatal day, were Grandfather Bartlett himself, of course, Cousin Jonas, Cousin Ezra, Cousin Dan, and Cousin Lulu. I know all that, Lulu. I'll never forget it. The old man threatening to disinherit us order, if we didn't... Order, order, order! Mr. Chairman, I really must protest this interruption. I cannot blame you, Mr. Dan Bartlett. Please be advised that we conduct our meetings by Robert's Rules of Order. It's just that I know everything she's saying. That's why I left here. And why should poor cousins need rules of order anyway? Order! Miss Lula Bartlett, you still have the floor. <sighs> in the greatest of classic crimes, the victim has usually brought about his own murder in one way or another. And so it was in the case of Grandfather Bartlett. 
The autocratic old gentleman insisted that Cousin Lulu give up her plans to be married, that Cousin Dan forgo the pleasures of the trip up the Amazon, that Cousin Ezra leave graduate school and go to work, and as for Cousin Jonas, he made the mistake of asking his grandfather for a loan against his expectations and was told that this settled it once and for all. For him, there would be no expectations. Very well. Cousin Ezra, would you care to continue the narrative? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, the serious student of criminal motivation must note that all four of these cousins stood in danger of disinheritance. One of them, young Dan, seemingly did not mind. At least, that was what he told oh, the wait others. Wait a minute, wait. This is all unnecessary. We were all there. We Order. know what... And why be so literary about the way you tell it? I will remind our guest that at this moment, Cousin Ezra has the floor. Proceed, Ezra. And uh. Cousin Dan left. Mm. It was an act of which the others all stood in awe. For surely when Dan handed his front door key to his grandfather, he was in effect also handing back his inheritance. The following day, Dan was on a plane headed for Brazil. And on that day, someone killed Grandfather Bartlett. Thus saving Dan's inheritance for him, along with Jonas, Lulu's, and Ezra's. Thank you, Cousin Ezra. Lulu, you may tell the meeting how Grandfather was killed. He was killed with a poker in the parlor of this house, apparently at exactly 11.19 a.m. One of the blows from the poker put the old gentleman's pocket watch out of commission and must have knocked a small table clock to the floor. Both timepieces were stopped at 11.19. Thank you. Ezra? It was obvious to the police that either Lulu, Jonas, or Ezra had committed this murder. However, each of them had an ironclad alibi. The chair directs Lulu to review her alibi, and our guest may ask questions. From 11.4 to 11.47, I had been talking long distance on a reverse charge call, for which, of course, the telephone company kept a record. Well, you might have kept the line open and gone into the parlor to kill your grandfather. I might, but you remember where the telephone was in those days? Yes, in the study, in the L, at the back of the house. Correct. And I would have had to pass through the kitchen. I would also have needed the connivance of my fiancé, because he testified that we were talking throughout that time. Ah, and... but a fiancé's testimony wouldn't be conclusive. No, but passing through the kitchen, I would have been seen by Ezra. He testified that I never came out of the study. But if Ezra were not telling the, the truth... The chair recognizes Ezra on that point. The police had to admit that I was telling the truth because I had a corroborative witness. Who? A delivery boy named Wayne Johnson. He brought groceries, and when I invited him to have a cup of coffee with me, he looked at the time. It was 11.06, and he decided to have a cup of coffee with me. He did not leave until Lulu came back out of the study. He looked at his watch then, 11.48 it was, and declared that he'd better get going. Thank you, Ezra. Thus it was that in the case of Grandfather Bartlett, two of the suspects were eliminated. The third suspect was myself. Perhaps our guest would care to question me? Uh, look, I'm willing to take your word. I, I prefer to be questioned. I, I really have to go. Mr. Chairman, our guest thinks we're all demented. Oh, no, no, it's, it's not that. Well, yes, it is, too. I don't understand why you're all keeping each other prisoner. And I, I, I want to... to I, you want to get out of here? Well, I do have to go. I, I have this The date. chair begs leave to doubt you. In any case, the chair insists that you question him. Oh, for heaven's sake. You can't get out, Cousin Dan, until we're prepared to let you out. What is this, anyway? I insist that you hear my alibi. 
Oh, all right. But then I'm going. What is your alibi? I was in the garden all morning. Can you prove that? The delivery boy saw me as he came up the walk with the groceries. Ah, but that was before the murder. Oh, he's not my only witness. I call on Cousin Lulu. As I talked on the phone by the study window, I saw Jonas every second of the time. Ezra? And as the delivery boy and I sat at the kitchen table by the window, we saw Jonas. Uh, what about collusion among the witnesses? You all gained materially by the murder. An excellent question. But if the witnesses were guilty of collusion, we would have to include the delivery boy among them. Oh. You see, we all had alibis. Well, then, a stranger got in the front door, went to the parlor, and killed Grandfather. Lulu, will you handle that suggestion? The front door was locked. The windows were as Grandfather always kept them, closed and locked. I'll be darned. The mystery is getting to you, isn't it, Dan? No, 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 no. I have to leave. I, I'm glad that none of you could have committed the murder, but I do have to leave. We're disappointed, Dan. You have no more questions? No. Uh, of course, you all had keys to the front door. Ezra, will you handle that objection? It's true that we all had keys, but we all had alibis, too. Unshakable alibis, reinforced by the grocery boy. Now, may I, as chairman, sum up? Our guests can surely see why we stay here and sit down around this table each night, why we have done that each night for the last five years. One of us committed the murder, yet none of us could have committed it. Each night, we go over the facts and we advance theories. Lulu? You always liked mysteries, Dan. Give us one theory. All right, all right. The only theory I have is that all of you did it. What? Ezra called the delivery boy's attention away from the outdoors. Lulu climbed out the window, ran round to the front of the house while the delivery boy wasn't looking, used her key, murdered grandfather, ran back while Ezra again diverted the delivery boy. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the theory. Lulu? Delightful. That's one of the finest theories we've had. Still, it's our customary procedure to pick flaws in theories. You see a flaw, Lulu? My fiancé would have had to be in on it. Ezra? And there wouldn't have been any reason for all of us to stay here all these years trying to solve a mystery, which would be no mystery to us at all. Mr. Chairman? Lulu? I have a brand new theory, one we've never heard before. Splendid. What is it? Cousin Dan did it. Now, no, wait order, a minute. Order, order, order. Justin. Dan left the day before, and we know that he flew from New York City to Brazil at 2 p.m. on the day of the murder. But suppose he'd made a duplicate of the front door key. Suppose he had flown back from New York, sneaked in, and killed Grant. Now, wait a minute. I object to Order, that. order. This is most unseemly, Cousin Dan. We never have had impoliteness at any of our meetings. Impoliteness? She's accusing order. me. Order. Go on, Lulu. Well, then he could have flown back to New York and on to Brazil. I admit it's a very tight timetable, but it is possible. Does anybody see any flaws? Flaws? Of course there are flaws. Mr. Chairman, he would have had to count on not being interrupted and on being able to catch Gramps alone in time to get back to New York. The objection seems well taken. Even so, Mr. Chairman, Dan is at least as good a suspect as any of us. I think we can agree on that. I'm going to get out of here. Oh, no. You're a suspect now. You have to stay with us. What do you mean? For how long? Until the mystery is solved. 
but it'll never be solved. That's very likely true. Let me out of here. You'll love it here, Dan. Order, order. Let me out of here. You can't do this. I I suppose we shall have to allow Dan a little latitude until he gets used to the fact that he's here for good. Well, let us go on with the meeting, shall we? Has anyone else any other theories to advance uh, this evening? Lulu? I haven't, Mr. Chairman. But I'm so glad Dan came. He's got such a good mind. In a year or so, when he calms down, I'm certain he'll advance some perfectly wonderful theories. Theater 5 has presented Across the River to Grandfather's House, written by Robert Sanadella, produced and directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, Alan Bunce, Alice Ghostly, James Monks, and Court Benson. Audio engineers, Marty Folia and Ed Salzman. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastatsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.